mustard, Sean O'Rourke. Jim and Mary are out of town this Sunday, but they will be, not, be back next week. Awesome. Thanks, guys. All right. So welcome, welcome. Uh, a couple things I want to just hit on real quick is uh, Jim and Mary, our senior uh, pastors, they are in Baltimore. And so they're going to be back next week, but not here, right? Because we're going to be at Zion Pickerington, right? Right? Awesome. So uh, just so you guys, who has never been to a Vision Sunday with us before? Can you just raise your hands? Like real, real high. Awesome. Why? Where have you been? Like, this is a shameful... No, no, no. Uh, I want to kind of share a little bit about Vision Sunday, um, what to expect. And so this is a once a year that we come together as two campuses. You know, I love, I love language in the Old Testament of like the tribes of Israel coming together. And uh, okay, it gets me excited, not you. But um, this is like, this is that time for us as a Zion church family where both of our campuses come together. We've alternated before. We've done it here before. We've done it there before. This year, next Sunday, the 25th, it's going to be at, at Pickerington. And what it is is a time where you're going to hear it is really action-packed. A lot, probably more time, attention, and resources actually goes into this next Sunday than any of our other Sundays. So we have video testimonies. We have, like, we're going to be celebrating the victories of God over the last year between both campuses. A little bit more of, like, what you might not hear on a weekly basis that are outside of the walls of this church. You know what I'm talking about? When you hear stuff, you're like, I didn't even know that we were involved in that. Next Sunday, you're going to get up to speed on a lot of what we're doing with missions, a lot of what we're doing with just these radical testimonies of the Lord outside of the walls of the church as well as inside of the walls of the church. And so we're also going to begin to paint a picture for where we're going to go over the next 12 months just through what God has been doing. Does that make sense? So it's amazing. All of our staff, we all get to be there, picturing staff or Zion uh, Powell staff. Uh, and like I said, it's, at, it's the 25th next Sunday at 10 a.m. So the same time that you will come here, go there. And uh, we will have directions in the lobby today, uh, right out there on the counter. If you don't know where Zion Pickerington is, there's some directions from here just so you can see where it is. You can go to our website, Facebook, everything. So we're just trying to get the word out as best we can so that you're all there. But it's an amazing, uh, it's, it's really an amazing weekend uh, that, that we look forward to every year. So, okay. You guys okay? Yeah. All right. So uh, one other thing we're going to do real quick is if I can have Jamal Titus. Where's Jamal at? Where's Jamal at? Come on, Jamal. Yeah. Come on up here, buddy. And so uh, if I could have some of Jamal's friends and family, just come on up at the same time. It's all good. It's a dangerous thing when I call up your family, though, because he has a large family. How many siblings? He has nine siblings. So, uh, but yeah, come on up, guys. Yeah, you're totally welcome to. Any friends, families, any other leaders that, that kind of want to be up here right now, we're going to we're going to uh, kind of just get a chance to bless and, and, uh, and pray Jamal out. So we love Jamal. He's been through, uh, he was a part of CSSM for a while. He's doing revival communities here, um, just involved with worship. And he's been here for a number of years now. And we're just, we just love Jamal. If you don't know Jamal, you know, I feel bad for you. He, he's, a, he's, an, he's an amazing young man. And, and uh, he's also about to embark on something that he's been praying about and thinking about uh, for a while, and it feels like the, the time is right. So uh, he is going to go out and start Bethel School Supernatural Ministry. Um, when are you leaving? Tuesday. Tuesday. 
So he's, he's going for this semester at BSSM. And so Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry is a ministry school in Redding, California, run by Bethel Church. It's amazing. It's awesome. He's about to step into a whirlwind of all sorts of stuff. And so uh, we just want to bless him, though, because, you know, as a, as a son of the house, you know, there's something powerful about a community knowing what God's up to in your life and just blessing this next step, this next season, this next trusting that you're doing with Jesus. So you guys ready? You guys want to pray him out with me? Let's just bless him. So just stretch out your hands, guys. Lay hands on him. We just want to come around you, Jamal, as your spiritual family. And Lord, we just thank you for the ears that you've given Jamal to your voice, God, the sensitivity that he carries to your presence, God. Lord, we thank you that your road before him is one that requires such a close intimacy with you, that he is choosing to walk closely with you to to establish each of his steps. So Holy Spirit, we just say, Lord, send him out in blessing, send him out in favor, God. We say, Lord, let him just rise to the top, Lord, of every situation that he finds himself in. We thank you for provision. Come on, church. We thank you for provision, for the move. We thank you for provision, God, relationally, spiritually, God. We thank you, Lord, for what you're going to be building and weaving. And we just release over you, Jamal, the the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. That what you're stepping into, what you're stepping into, you'll never step out of. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for just a new, yeah, just that, that, that new journey, that new map, that new navigation, Lord, over his life to follow you into new places, God. So we just come around him and we say, Jamal, go be who God's called you to be. We say, come out and go. And we thank you, Jesus, for all the training and discipleship, God, and the spiritual growth, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that he's going to be like a, a tree planted by streams of living water, God. We thank you, Jesus. We bless him today. God, we say, let everything fall into place that needs to fall into place, Lord. And we just speak to every place, and we just say favor and blessing. We just say the devil cannot snatch what God is starting. So we thank you, Jesus, and we bless him today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. We'll make sure you guys give him lots of hugs and and high fives and things like that before he leaves today. This, these aren't all of his siblings, but some of them are. <laughs> really exciting. So let's do this to, uh, to get started. Um, well, one more. Well, I'll, I'll remind you of one more thing. CSSM, just come. Just come to CSSM. It's in the bulletin. It's up there. It's everywhere. September 8th here at Powell. It's awesome. It's our ministry school. Um, it, 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 this quarter is going to be uh, a really cool quarter on leadership, on kingdom leadership. If you feel called uh, to lead, and you might not know what that looks like or where or how, but you feel like, man, for years I've had a word about, about leadership all my life, about growing in it, or if you just want to step up into that, come this quarter. It's going to be amazing. Uh, we have a, uh, some, some really cool stuff going on this quarter. Um, Stephen Bell, how many of you guys know who Stephen Bell is? He's awesome. If you know CSSM, he's come a lot. He's going to be a lot. He's going to be heavily involved this quarter. I'll just I'll tease you with that. And uh, we're really excited to, uh, to to have Stephen around a little bit more and and uh, be part of CSSM. And we also have John Jarman, who's our associate leader for Pickerington for CSSM. That's Thursday, September fifth. Okay, just read the bulletin. Just check out. Just come to CSSM though. If you're if you're like I'm waiting for the Lord to like tell me, He's telling you right now. Come to CSSM. Okay. So I want to do this. Is uh, we we were going after this a little bit in worship there, transition, is how many of you found that sometimes, like, there's something to be thankful for, but if you don't say it, you don't feel it, right? Like, sometimes, like, if you don't say it, you're like, I have stuff to be thankful for, but, you know, it kind of is, uh, we, we tend to, 
uh, get settled in, in a little bit of a mud and just feel like, ah, I can't really get out, so I don't really need to say it, even though I know it's real. Does that make sense? And sometimes just saying it actually releases some shackles of, of, that's been holding us back. So what I want to do is this. We kind of did that a little bit, something you're grateful for. Just, you're going to, in a moment, just get up, and you can stretch your legs and go find someone you've never talked to. Don't leave. That's cheating. But um, uh, I, I want you to just share with someone, like, what is one thing that you're like, man, I'm really grateful for this. Maybe I saw God do this, or I don't even know if this is God, but I'm really grateful for it. You know, I want you to just think about one thing that you're grateful for, something the last week, something last month, not something, you know, from 1997, something recently. And, and I want you to just go ahead and find someone and share what that thing is and why that impacted you so much. So just go ahead, think about what it is, get up, either go to your neighbor or someone around you, find somebody, partner up, and go ahead and just share what that is. We're going to do it for just two minutes. Go ahead. If you haven't switched yet, switch. Give the other person the opportunity to speak. You are the extrovert. Let the introvert speak. What is one thing that you're grateful for? All right, if you guys want to wrap it up, bring it in. All the A-plus students are like, yes, I, I'm ready. It's been two minutes, and everyone else just isn't paying attention. All right, try to wrap it up real quick, guys. Man, it looks like people are praying for each other. That was cool.
Awesome. How many of you, like, that felt good to hear what somebody else is grateful for? Like, it actually did, just did something, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. How many of you, when they told you what they were grateful for, like, you wanted to tell them more about what you're grateful for? Have you ever found that? It's like sometimes, you know, have you ever been around people that they just complain and it, it wants to, like, draw out complaint of you? You know what I'm talking about? You get around someone that's complaining, you're like, I just, I don't know how to talk to you without complaining, and you start complaining. You know, the opposite is true. You get around people that are thankful, you start becoming thankful. That's a good word. Like, it's good news. And, and, and here's the deal, is that you can actually be that person all the time. You can be that person all the time, because your thankfulness, your, your joy is not rooted in your circumstance, it's rooted in a person who's unchanging. And there's something so powerful about literally waking up and just beginning to, to steward your heart that you, your words are actually weapons of warfare. Does that, does that make sense? And, and it's not to say every day you have to, you know, fake it till you make it, but I don't know, give it a try. It might help a little bit, but, you know, it, it's, it's not about being, like, robotic, like, before I get out of bed, like... God, I thank you for the air. I thank you for the bed. I thank you for the, the blankets. I thank you for my breakfast I'm going to eat today. God, I thank you for my lunch I'm going to eat today. God, I thank you for the people I'm going to run into today. God, I thank And then the next day, God, thank you for the, for the bed. Thank you for the blanket. Thank you for the pillow. No, no, no. It's actually just about stewarding your heart so that the promise of God that says life and death is in the power of the can actually become manifest in your life. See, the promise is true. And we need to steward our hearts that it would become a weapon of warfare. And so one of those small ways that we do that is just being aware of what's going in our heart, our eye gate, our ear gate. But also, like, what's coming out of our heart is usually the telling sign of what's actually in there. Right? Jesus says that in Matthew, that the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And sometimes we need to make sure that, man, what is going on inside of us? I have found this, is that how many of you know... You are called to be a warrior in Christ. I, th I think a lot of people in this room like kind of get that. But you're called to be a soldier. You're called to, why? Because it says you're called to be a conqueror and a victor with Jesus. So by nature, you're called to release victory, and the person who does that would be a soldier or a warrior. Does this make sense? Just, just follow my train of thought for a moment. Okay? But what happens is this, is that sometimes when you're not conquering territory for God, you start conquering God's territory, you start conquering God's territory the wrong way, meaning this. I want you to picture like battleships that are out there at sea. My dad was in the Navy. I've always loved like battleships and, um, you know, the, you know, the board game battleships where you like, you know, E5, you know, and you don't really tell them they hit, but they did. And you're like, oh, yeah, you know, anyway. Um, but, but battleships to me are always something that like when you play Monopoly, I was always the battleship. You know what I'm talking about? So I want you to just imagine battleships. Just come into my brain for a moment. And imagine battleships. You know what happens when there's enemies out there? The battleships, there's a whole team of people that are working together to go to the direction that they're called to go to, to push past issues of navigation to work together and defeat the enemy if there's, opposing, if there's an opposing enemy on the water. Does this make sense, guys? Right? What happens when... Their cannons aren't pointed towards the enemy. They start pointing towards anything else they can see, and that's mostly just other battleships. Meaning this, when, 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 when our target, when our lens, when our crosshair 
for what we're being gifted for warfare in is not pointed towards the forces of darkness, we tend to kill our own. Does that make sense? That you're actually called to be a warrior, you're just not called to tear down the church. Some of us are like, what are you talking about? And so, what I'm trying to say is this, is that I've seen something building up where there's this, it's a mixture of, it's, sometimes it's a complacency issue, sometimes it's a lethargy, sometimes it's like an apathy. And what happens is we forget that there's an enemy to your soul that's trying to tear you down. And you, instead, of, instead of walking in that revelation, we start tearing down things that we can just see. Does this make sense? And we have our crosshair pointed the wrong way. You know, I've heard it said this. Okay, so spiritual warfare. So if you're like me, you think spiritual warfare, like what is that? How many of us are familiar with the, the, the word that says that you're more than a conqueror, that you actually sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, right? Like we, we, I think that as a charismatic church, a charismatic community, whether it's teaching from this church or other churches like that, you kind of have that inside of you a little bit, right? That you're a victor in Christ, that, that you're more than a conqueror. And what happens is we kind of just sit there and expect that means that there's no warfare. We kind of sit there like our helmets have a V for victory on it, so we just think, oh, yeah, I'm totally untouchable. Well, the problem is this, is that you actually, there's truth in that, that you are untouchable. You are the victor. You're the conqueror. You actually carry out every victory because Jesus won it, but it's up to us to release it. That we don't, we don't just walk around that, like, there's work to do. Am I making sense, guys? I, I'm trying to communicate something that, that is just really, um, I feel like, really vital and pivotal right now. So I'm trying to do it justice by giving a couple different illustrations, okay? I want you to imagine this, is that if you're, who here, I love football. I love sports. I love contact sports. I love Jesus, so it's fine, but, 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 but I love sports. You know, and I've heard it said this, that spiritual warfare is like uh, a football game where you're on the field, you have all of your armor on, you have your helmet, you have all, you know, you got your, all of your Ephesians, like sick stuff, you're like, you know, ready to roll. And, and what happens is like in a football game, let's say that you have the ball and someone tackles you and you don't know something, you, you forget that there's another team on the field, and you're, you get tackled, and you're like, why did I get tackled, Jesus? Oh, this is so bad. What circumstance in life tackle me today? Oh, Jesus, like, I don't like this game. This game's dumb. <laughs> I thought we were victors. This isn't happening. I'm not walking in victory even though you say I should. Am I relating to anyone in the room a little bit? <laughs> Maybe like your inner life, just a touch. What happens when we, when we forget there's an enemy on the field, that there's an opposing team, we get all distorted and confused as to what's going on in life. It says this in Matthew 6.33, it says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything will be provided for victory. That seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be given to you as well. Every victory is given to you as we seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. Well, I want to talk to you about that just for a moment today. Is, is this, is that if there's anything you, you get from today, just write down the word. It's time for engagement. Engagement. That the problem isn't what's available. The problem is our engagement in it. Does that make sense? It's not what's available. The victory is available. The breakthroughs are available. It's our engagement in it. 
And now there's one of two places we go with that. We're like, oh, that sounds like striving and like, you know, everything by your flesh. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about engaging and following, being led by the Spirit for each victory that God would have for us. Does that make sense, guys? Open up your Bibles to Joshua. We'll, we'll, we'll just hit a little bit of Joshua today. So Joshua 1, I should have told you where, just like Joshua in general. Uh, Joshua 1, I'm going to read a couple things and just give a little bit of context uh, to this book of Joshua. <clears throat> okay, so... Joshua 1 verse 3 says, I will give you every place where you set your foot as I have promised Moses. Joshua 1 verse 5 and 6, now no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So be courageous, be strong, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers, their ancestors, to give them. So Joshua starts off with this. The picture is Moses is no longer in the, around, and Joshua is now the new leader of Israel. Okay, And he is leading the people, and now they're on the precipice of the, break, of the promised land. The 40 years in the desert are coming to an end. Thank you, Jesus. They're coming to an end. They're about to walk into the 40 years of promises. And now, what, what do we read here? It's some promises. Like, God is just pouring out promises. Promises promises. Now we're getting really close in Joshua 3. Joshua uh, chapter 3, verse 3, says this. Thank you. Giving orders to people, this is Joshua, says, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priest carrying it out, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Verse 4. Thank you. Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before, but keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark and do not go near it. So what's happening here? Remember, Joshua is, I'm giving you guys a crash course. Joshua is the leader of Israel. All these promises, I'll never leave you. I'm going to go with you. Now, chapter 3, now we're right across the Jordan. Across this river are all the, are all the, 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 the manifestation of the promises. Now we're, now we're crossing into it. And he says this, I will go with you, follow the presence of the Lord into the land. Because you've never been here before, so you don't actually don't know what you're doing. That's a good word for some of us. Is to follow the presence of the Lord into the promise because you don't know what, what you're doing. See, we tend to get a promise and assume we know what we're doing. We tend to get a promise from the Lord. See, God will give us promises. He'll load us up all these prophetic words over our life, but it's up to us following the presence to actually navigate it to, to manifestation. Am I, am I connecting to you guys, what we're trying to say? But here's the thing, is that the promises, it's really interesting. Your promised land is full of giants. When Joshua brought them into the promised land, it was full of giants. It was full of obstacles. It was full of opposition. It's like, wait, but God, you didn't talk about the opposition. Why? Because he's not worried about the opposition if you carry the promise. It's so superior that God didn't, God didn't say, hey, guys, it's going to be really tough. It's really hard. I want to prepare your hearts for a battle that's going to stretch the course of your lives. There's going to be obstacles. You're not going to know what to do. No, he says this. Listen. If you just trust what I'm saying right now, I'm going to load you up in promises before I bring you into the promise to see if you can navigate the promised land by the presence of the Lord. Does this make sense, everyone? 
So your promises, this spiritual warfare, you're more than a conqueror, you're a victor. Guys, guess what? There are enemies in your land that you need to push through, that you need to push past, that you need to offset. Does this make sense? And what happens is I'm seeing a church become a church and not kingdom people. See, when we start just going through the motions of, you know, just kind of whatever that looks like for us, like coming to church maybe, or kind of like, you know, every day is the same exact, like, book, devotional coffee. It's like your secret place. You're like, stop it. You're, you're attacking my secret place right now. It's like, you know, when, when we go through the motions of life and for, just simply forget that there's an enemy on the field, we get all out of, out of place. So what I want to do today is, engagement again, engagement, that you actually carry the promises of God to remove every obstacle in your land. And what I want to see is I want to see a church again just come to that fiery place of saying, like, not today, Satan. I mean, really, like some of you, some of us need to get some shouting shoes on again. And not for the sake that volume means a thing, but for the sake of your authority needs to be released that we, we need to reconnect to, to Jesus, that we can carry out. Four cancer testimonies, we, we got to get 40, right? What, what, what's the problem? The problem often is our level of engagement. Again, I'm not talking about striving. So the question is, so how do we engage? How do we engage? We engage through intimacy with God. You're like, I've heard that before. Okay, cool. Well, what do you think when I think when I say intimacy with God, what do you what thoughts go through your brain? What do you envision? And I think often we think of like intimacy with God as like, you know, kind of like you got like a cuddle blanket with Jesus or something, and you know, maybe it's the coffee scene or or maybe it's like the the walking in the cool of the day. And I love that. But I often think that intimacy with God looks like what, what Jesus talked about of like, you know, I, people can do lots of signs, wonders, prophecy, but he says, get away from me. I never knew you. That intimacy with God looks like, God, come in and know me. David prayed this, God, see if there is any offensive way in me, things that I'm unaware of, and lead me in the way everlasting, meaning this, lead me in your way. That intimacy with God is about him knowing me, is about me knowing him. And sometimes that looks like beyond just the, the you know, the, the slow walks in the beach with Jesus or the, you know, it, it looks like repentance. It can look like a shifting and change of heart when we realize, ah, oh, I've kind of let some stinking thinking into, my, into my, my, my heart, my brain, into my actions and behavior. I kind of, you know, how many of you found that, like, you know, things start to kind of go a little sideways on your life and you're not... Uh, you're not sure what's going on, and so you'll go to different outlets to try to, like, like you'll go to friends or, like, I can't believe this is happening, this is happening, this is happening. And, and we never, like, just engage with the promise of God in the situation. Does that make sense? Because often we're just disconnected. When we stay connected to the vine, he says what? You're going to bear much fruit. Right? There's a promise in Scripture that that place of connection, that place of deep intimacy with God, that place of open-handed, where he can, if you can't be corrected, you're not a son. It's like one of the only forms of legitimate, how's your sonship doing? It says in Hebrews that if you can't be corrected by the Lord, then it actually says you're illegitimate. 
So, so it's meaning this. There has to be the ability for God to course correct our hearts a little bit, to course correct our thinking, to, to move us into that place of promise, not by striving, but by intimacy, but by presence. Am I connecting anyone in the room today? It's not about striving. It's not about straining. It's not about kind of do all the right Christian stuff. Like, like coming to church doesn't make you a Christian no matter how many times you come. Any more than like, you know, I've heard, like, any more than going to Taco Bell like makes you a taco. I don't know. I mean, it's like, like, like going through the motions doesn't bring breakthrough. Do you know that? It actually doesn't. But because we're called to something so much higher. We're called to something so much better in God. Are you guys with me? Okay, I'm just going to wrap up here. We're going to do a short message. You guys okay with that? I really hope there's some, there's some things here that we can walk away with today and beginning to, begin to just unpack, begin to, to see, God, are there any weeds that I've let grow in this garden of intimacy with you? And it's not that we come all self-focused. It's actually so that we would bear more fruit, that we could actually bear more fruit. The world is lacking an encounter with God because Christians aren't moving in the engagement of God. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll say it again. The world is lacking in more encounters with God because as believers, we're not moving in the engagements of God, of our own lives, to other people. You know, so I'll, I'll share a quick story. So um, I, I met this guy uh, probably like a month ago, and I just meet a lot of people. Like, I love meeting people outside like my daily life and um, and so I met this guy, and I wound up giving him a ride. And he starts talking to me, and he's like, hey, you know, it comes up quickly that I'm a pastor and stuff. And, and he's like, hey, you know, let me talk to you. Can I talk to you about some spiritual stuff? I'm like, totally, let's do it. You know, I, I love that. And, uh, he, you know, he didn't know the Lord and, and, and just had some questions. And he's like, he's like, you know, my aunt was a really, really good person. She was, like, the most amazing person I've ever met. She absolutely, like, she, like, cared for people. She was always really kind and generous, like not selfish, like, you know, and, and, and she got cancer and died. And so he said, what kind of God would do that? And I was like, man, not my kind of God. And he's like, wait, what? And I said, no, you have to understand. I totally get what you're saying, but you're missing that there's an opponent on the field. And, and he, he was like, well, what are you talking about? I said, listen, there's there is a devil who's real, and he wants to steal, kill, and destroy the things that God has created. And your aunt was made in his image. God loved your aunt. But what happened is the devil came, and sickness was released in her life, attacked your aunt. And I was like, you know, the devil goes around and does stuff in the name of God all the time, trying to get people to think that's what God's like. Does that make sense? And he's like, wait, what? I said, yeah. I said, God loves your aunt. God loves you, man. That wasn't God's fingerprints. He's the opposite. He actually says that if you come to him, he will come into that situation. And he, he literally just started crying. He goes, I thought God was really mean all this time. Does this make sense? I feel like today is just a, a refresher of a little bit of spiritual warfare 101. That you have an enemy to your soul that there's an enemy out there that's trying to steal, kill, and destroy. But that there is more than a conqueror living inside of you. That Jesus actually paid the price for all of those things. For the healing, for the salvation, for the breakthrough of the Lord over, their, over our lives. 
And these little, these little adjustments to our, our view can change everything. How many of you have been in a rut and you're like, I don't know what's going on. I just feel like there's a rut. And you realize, oh, yeah, I haven't like, taken authority over like, anything in my life for the last two months. I mean, just be honest. I've actually just been expecting my victory that I carry to just always be established without any engagement. We just don't see that in the life of Jesus. Jesus, Jesus was literally, Jesus is God's son. I mean, he's level 10 walking in victory promises of the Lord, right? And it's still said he only does what he saw his father doing, that he was always doing things because his father was always doing things. That it says that he came to destroy the works of the enemy, not just to release the favor of God over people's lives. He actually came to release the victory. And as believers, I hope, it feels like I'm probably hitting that point well enough, so I want to end it there, and I want to share a story. Why don't you guys stand up? We'll just end with this. You guys okay? I want to share this story about, about elephants, and some of you may have heard it before. It says this. It says, you may have heard the story about a man who observed an adult elephant that was tied down by a rope to a stake in the ground. So a big, how many of you know elephants are big? Like 13,000 pounds, I think 11 feet high, 19 feet long for African bush elephants. So he saw this adult elephant tethered to the ground with just a simple stake in the ground. And so when he saw it, he saw the elephant could, could break from it freely, that the constraint wasn't strong enough to hold him. So he asked the elephant keeper why the elephant stayed put. The keeper explained to him that if you tie up an elephant when it's little, it can't break free from that, and it will believe that the rope is stronger even when it gets bigger. That as a baby elephant, it works. That if they tied it up that elephant when, when the baby is young, it actually can't break through. And by keeping it on, when the, when the elephant gets bigger, it's actually trained to believe that it can't break free. I feel like today God just wants to remind to release a new day of freedom over us, that you're not the baby elephant tied down anymore, that Jesus actually came to break all those chains of our lives and of other people's lives. And so right now, let's just open up our hands, and I just want to, just in this moment, if this is for you, just ask Holy Spirit right now just to come and just to remind you about who you are that Jesus, that you've called us to be more than a conqueror in you. So God, today we just let go of all of the past stuff that feel like it's held us back. Lord, we step into the mindset of Christ. God, we step into the promise of God. We step into the engagement of heaven over our lives to undo every, every work of the devil, that nothing can stand because of how fully, Jesus, you conquered at the cross. So we thank you, Jesus. God, I pray right now there would just be a rising up in our bellies and our spirits. I just see like new places of like victory. I see some of you guys actually entering into like a deeper place of worship and releasing the victories of the Lord through your worship. And it's not to get God to do something. It's out of that overflow of thankfulness, that overflow of who you are. And other people, I see you going into the business world. I see some of you guys going into the business world and thinking like, I'm just a baby elephant and you get in there and God's actually called you to be the big elephant. He's called you to actually bring the breakthrough to other people around you. So, Father, I thank you that families' lives are going to get changed, God, that, that, that your presence and promises on our lives, God, are bigger than any attack of the enemy, that the devil is a created being, and that you are king, Jesus. 
So we thank you, Lord, for new days of victory in you. And God, I pray right now that you would just speak about our assignment afresh. Just speak about, Lord, where we're called to be sitting on the watchtower, on the watch, on the walls, Lord. What, what we're called to be doing in you, God. I pray right now, Lord, just that new sense of victory, that new sense of passion for you, Jesus, that new place of connection with you, God, that you just stir it up. And just, just specifically right now, Jesus, just remind us as to where you're calling us to pray as to where you're calling us to release our words, as to where you're calling us to release your breakthrough, God. Whatever that friend or family or business or school district is, whatever that nation is, God, Lord, we just say right now we partner with heaven for the breakthroughs of the Lord over that place. Just put your hand on your neighbor and just declare this with them. You are more than a conqueror in Christ. That you are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus that the old things are gone, that the new things have come, that you're more than a conqueror through Christ. So it's time to rise up. Just speak that. Just a rising up right now. Just a rising up right now. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for a rising up in a new day in you. We thank you, Lord, that we're the head and not the tail. We thank you, God, that everywhere we go, you've given our feet that territory, God. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Lord, we say that your provision knows no end. God, we say that your goodness knows no end. I know some of us are just getting kind of washed right now by these declarations. Just, just engage right now. God, we thank you, Lord, that your promises know no end, that your dreams, God, have depth and new places of victory in it and new strategies in it, God. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for new strategies today. We thank you for downloading, God, your heart to us in a fresh way today, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Just put your hand on your heart. We're going to close with some, some declarations, okay? So when we declare, we're using, remember, we're trying to steward our heart that our words would be the weapon of warfare that God's called us to be. So right now, as we declare these, just, just add your faith to it. All right, you guys ready? Yeah. All right, my prayers, my prayers are powerful and effective. Powerful and effective. God, richly God richly supplies all my needs. All my needs. I, am I am dead to sin. I am dead Dead, 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 to sin, to sin. and alive, and alive. To, live to live supernaturally. I walk in ever-increasing health, ever health, and I live under supernatural protection. Like Jesus, I prosper in all my relationships, and there's a story of God, story of God. that he's writing on my life. And there's more chapters to come. Through Jesus, I'm 100% loved and worthy to receive all of God's blessings. Lord, we say fire, fire, fire. In Jesus' name, amen. If I could have our ministry teams come down, they're going to be ones with tags on. 